Let's move to New Zealand now, where there's been an historic apology by Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern to a Maori tribe for warmongering and more than 150 years of breaches of the Treaty of Waitangi. This is what she said. In apologising, the Crown takes responsibility for the pain and hurt it has caused. The Crown profoundly regrets its horrific and needless acts of war in Raupatu, which have caused you and your hapu intergenerational suffering. Instead of respecting your mana whakahaere, the Crown killed and injured your people and pillaged your land and property. So very powerful words there from Jacinda Ardern. And someone who was there in the crowd is Jamie Tahana, Māori News Editor at Radio New Zealand. Kia ora, Jamie. Why was this apology so important? Kia ora, Sarah. We heard it there. So here in New Zealand for about 30 years now, the, the Crown has been going through a treaty settlement process. New Zealand, in terms of our Indigenous Māori community here, is, is sort of divided up into districts, rohe, of various iwi tribes. And so it's been going tribe by tribe to try and settle breaches. You know, New, New Zealand's colonial history, like many settler states, is not pretty. There's land theft, there's confiscation, there's war, there's indiscriminate killings, as acknowledged by the Prime Minister um, this weekend. So there's been processes of settling that. And Ngāti Maniapoto is quite a large iwi based sort of in the middle of the North Island, about three hours south of Auckland. And this process has been sort of 30 years in the making, this negotiation to reach this apology. So it was significant in that sense that it ends 30 years of what's been quite difficult negotiations. You know, you've got the Waitangi Tribunal process, which is a sort of Truth and Reconciliation Commission here that hears the stories of what Māori endured, determines the facts of what happened, because, you know, there's also been a century of Crown denial. So that's that was a 10-year process of several volumes of reports. And then there's the negotiations, which is another, you know, more than a decade between the Crown and Ngāti Maniapoto of what happened, what can be returned, and what compensation there may be. And so 30 years later, we've reached a point where Prime Minister went to the King Country, which is where Ngāti Maniapoto is based, and apologised for what the Crown's done over the past 150 years. So, you know, we had thousands come to this marae in this small town to hear it. There were elders, you know, at the front of the marae, leaning on their walking sticks in tears, you know, considering... The, this was a generation who, as children, would have been, you know, faced corporal punishment in school for speaking to their Māori as there was an active suppression element. And now we have the Prime Minister of the country apologising for these policies. New Zealand Indigenous communities have shocking disparities in terms of health. Māori, on average, die seven years younger than Pākehā New Zealanders. There's significant education disparities, some of it from decades of actual Crown policy to one bantere or Māori, but also, you know, a lot of Māori were just encouraged to leave school at age 14 and go work on a farm or something. So we're still to see where this process goes, really, but it's it's going. Now, it wasn't just an apology to Ngāti Maniapoto, however powerful those words may have been. It was also uh, 155 million Australian or 165 million New Zealand of financial and commercial redress. And that will be put into a trust. So how did they 
come to this figure? Like, how do you quantify the the damages of what has occurred? And how are they going to disperse the money from that trust? And that's one of the thorny things with the settlement process. So there is a formula the Crown uses in determining kind of, you know, the scale of loss for damages. Um, there are some iwi where the Crown just has no land to return. So... It's a case of a monetary figure instead because it's been sold to private hands and private land is not part of the settlement process. So only Crown land can be returned. And in this case, Maniapoto's getting 36 sites back. And then there's others, you know, some some of the most heinous crimes that were committed in the 19th, 20th century, such as at Parihaka or the Waikato Wars or Pai's Par Battle. That That is a higher figure. So it, it's part of the more difficult issues that are thrashed out. But um, it's got to be said the financial redress in every settlement that's been done here in Aotearoa only equates to about, you know, there's been studies, it's about one cent in the dollar to what was lost. And in terms of negotiating for a treaty settlement, iwi or hapu, form a trust. So there, there's a mandate process where the Māori communities will nominate negotiators to have the popular support of the tribe. They will negotiate with the Crown and then a trust is formed to, you know, receive the finance. And the Treaty of Waitangi signed in 1840 promised Manamotu Hake Tinoranga Teratanga. That is in a rough translation, self-government, and, well, that is clearly not what what has eventuated. So that funding often goes into commercial projects or things to build that asset base. And then we are increasingly in some of the larger iwi, like in Waikato or down in the South Island, who signed about 30 years ago, they are now billion-dollar entities and are starting to form their own healthcare services or social services, or even in one case of one iwi, a superannuation scheme. So that is the hope here for Maniapoto. They see settlement as a start, not an end. And that is what this trust will do with the $165 million. But you've got smaller iwi around the country, which only receive a couple of million and things like that. Jamie Tahana is here talking about Jacinda Ardern's historic apology to a Maori tribe on RN Drive. You're with me, Sarah Dingle. Jamie, just finally, will we see more apologies and redress payments to more iwi, to more tribe, in the next few years? There, I know you're saying the process takes a long time, but are we at the crunch point for more um, of these settlements uh, in the very near future? Yeah, so it's the first apology was to Waikato Tainui, which is around the city of Hamilton, just a little further north of Maniapoto, actually. That was in 1995. And it started quite slowly, but um, from about 2008, Treaty Negotiations Minister and the previous national government, actually, because, you know, for all the politics involved in, in Māori issues here in New Zealand, settlements has been a largely bipartisan process between both Labour and national governments. So we saw some significant settlements under the previous national government and the momentum has has been building. So we're at about 70% of iwi have settled. Just just this week, in fact, there's been two significant ones. Um, one is Whakatoa here up in the Bay of Plenty, which is also the site of New Zealand's only cavalry charge in the 1860s. So that settlement was reached last week, but it's also a thorny process among Māori iwi. So iwi is the larger tribe and within that are hapū, which are family units built around marae. And the process involves them coming together to reach the point and 
in the case of Whakapuhia, a lot of hapu have been against being included in what the Crown is considering Whakatohia in terms of even getting to the table. And in Northland, north of Auckland, there's Ngāpuhi, which hasn't even reached the point of negotiation yet. So I don't want to say the easier ones have been done, but, you know, we, we've seen a, a good majority done, but there are some thorny ones still very much being thrashed out at the moment. So, yes, we will definitely see more apologies. There's another couple scheduled early next year. We had one in Taranaki only a few weeks ago. But um, that's still a long process yet. And, I mean, a lot of Māori say treaties aren't settled, they're honoured. So reaching a treaty settlement is not an end point. It's just a it's just a recalibration of the relationship between Māori and the Crown here because, you know, we talk a lot about the treaty, but most of the breaches happened after the treaty was signed. So where do we go from here? Because tangata whenua will always be part of New Zealand just as Indigenous communities are always part of every land. So I know you're having the conversation over there now. So, you know, we, we are very much at a turning point, I guess, as we get through these settlements towards the end of that phase of redetermining what the Crown Māori relationship looks like. It's very much an international conversation. Jamie Tahana, Māori News Editor at Radio New Zealand. Thank you. Kia ora. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.